Welcome back to Gaming with Gage, your podcast for role-playing games and the periphery. Thank you for being here. This week, I had the chance to talk with Christoph Fischer of Cantrip Candles. If that name sounds familiar, it's because we burn Cantrip Candles when we record our Who's Agatha actual play. Cantrip Candles are crafted for tabletop role-playing games with scents like Stone Moss Chapel, my personal favorite, Blackhound Tavern, and the Library Scriptorium. We love these candles, and I was so pleased that Christoph was able to come onto the show. We did have a small audio issue that resulted in the first couple minutes of the show being cut. So if it seems like Christoph and I are fast friends in the middle of a conversation, it's because of this audio issue and because Christoph is a really cool person. Um, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can visit our website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. And we ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Android. With all of that out of the way, let's jump into this episode because I'm super, super excited. Okay, so normally I go online and I look at price tags and I buy a lot of gaming stuff and I make sure it's under a dollar amount so I don't get yelled at. Um, and normally I get a lot of eye rolls. But when I got the, because we just got the sample kit, we're working our way through them to pick out what we're going to be buying. Yeah, that's what it's there for. Yes, it's perfect. I was so sad because when I first went to purchase, I don't know if you remember, I had uh, contacted you on Twitter because I was like, hey, are you getting the sample set back? Because I couldn't, I needed mm -hmm, to give mm -hmm. her a chance to smell everything. Um, but this is the one thing where instead of getting eye rolls, the one thing I bought for gaming that she's like super into. <laughs> she I'm also, glad. So she has like, she's like, oh, I have so many questions. I need you to <laughs> answer it for me. Um, so no, I'm, I'm excited to it. I'm, when you emailed me saying like, would you like to do an interview? I was thrilled with the idea of it. Because I get to actually like, see if I'm doing it right in a, in a way like I it's really just me kind of making all these things and I, I have a couple close friends in my gaming party that I do feedback with but it's nice to talk about this with someone else so thank you oh I absolutely you're welcome and I absolutely think you're doing it the right way because the sample kit is it you know scent is a hard thing it's like buying clothes online unless it's a company that you've tried on the clothes before you don't 100%. know how it's going to fit 100 percent so uh, my wife, Amanda, wanted to know, she, she was curious about, first of all, how did you start making candles? And I'm also curious, was this like a shop thing? Was it something you picked up DIY by yourself on a weekend or, you know, a family thing? Like, how does that just start? Uh, it is, it was 100% DIY hobby. Um, as I said before, I, I love chemistry and I also um, majored in, I didn't major in chemistry. I just majored in theater and communications, but I also like almost minored in chemistry I got tired of it and was like, nope, I just want to get out of college. <laughs> but um, so candle making, I, I looked it up. I think it was really just a, a drunk conversation at the table where me and my roommate were like, how do, how do you even make candles? And we were like, <laughs> yeah, I think you, you like melt a beehive or something. And I was like, that can't be right. That seems like a lot of work. <laughs> and so I just looked it up and, and I began to learn that there are different kinds of candles. There's beeswax candles. There's paraffin candles, which are the more traditional like stand-up fancy dinner candles mm -hmm. and then there's soy candles as well there's also coconut there's all sorts of different oils that you can use and we're kind of in this secondary candle renaissance where we're blossoming into all sorts of weird new ways to make candles but um based on what i read i kind of was like okay soy seems like the most la type the most best for the environment <laughs> kind so so i'll go with that one and we'll see if we can make that because i don't really want to have like a big pit where I'm dipping strings into paraffin wax like a renaissance festival and just messing <laughs> up my entire house so I, I decided to go soy and I just kind of looked it up and I want to stress that on a very basic level candle making is not 
super difficult. The difficulty <laughs> comes into um, scenting it and and getting it to burn effectively and, and standardizing the process and blah, blah, blah. But the actual process of making a candle is, um, let me silence my phone. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, but essentially the, the basic process is you obtain soy wax, which you can get from a various different suppliers. I, I guess in theory, you could try to grow soy, but I'm, I don't even know how to do that. So um, you obtain soy wax and, and as simple as it is, you melt it down um, and you pop a wick in it. And that, and the, and the basic level will make a candle. Um, but that to me wasn't exactly enough. So I, I was like, okay, I want to make these good. And I want to see like, oh, can I make it smell like pine? Can I make it smell like, like that? Da, da, da. So it, it just kind of started as a hobby. And, and then as I progressed through it, I was like, okay, this has potential. Oh, definitely. That's so interesting. And I will say, I think soy was the right choice. I know that when, uh, when we look at candles, cause my wife loves candles, but she also loves the environment. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, like vegan soy candles are very much, she has had to walk away from candles that she loves the scent of just because she, she doesn't see the label she's looking for. Right. It's, it's. It's interesting because I mean a paraffin candle, um, it won't it won't kill you by any means, but it it does slightly pollute your air. So I guess we're kind of in this time where we're just being very conscious about what we're putting into our bodies, what we're breathing. What, I mean, there's like this kind of fear of like the end of the world, so we want to make it last as long as we can. So I was like, soy nips that in the bud. Oh, def yeah, definitely. So w when you decided to do all of this how did you like how do you actually create the sense and if there's anything that's trade secrets feel free to tell me to go climb a tree um but no like no um I, i'll i'll keep my mouth shut on the secrets but um obtaining oils uh, you just go online or um, I, I have a couple friends um in the, the cool thing about la is it's kind of you have access to a lot of weird little hobbies <laughs> so i have a couple friends that um one woman she in Burbank, she has this boutique where she does, uh, you can design your own fragrance oil to like kind of rub on yourself. So I took a, a session with her and I was just like, hey, um, A, I wanna make an oil, cause that sounds awesome. But B, I just wanna kind of learn about scent. And she studied at this like olfactory school. So she knows knowledge and she passed, she graciously passed it on to me. Um, and so she basically taught me the, the basic concept of like base notes, mid notes, and high notes. Um, that's something you're, you kind of hear about a lot with colognes as well, about how like, oh, mm -hmm. it has a high note of citrus and a base note of sandalwood. Like that's kind of the, the standard cologne speak. Um, but the same concept goes with smell, just like it does with music. So um, you obtain the scents from different places, and then you really just kind of play with it. Um, the Usually I go into it with a goal um, and as I grow that goal gets harder and harder because when I started at zero I was like okay let's try to make one smell like um, dirt let's see if we can get some dirt smelling so I, I look around and I find uh, different sources for different dirt smells and, and the, the tricky thing is there are lots of different places to get fragrance oils um, and a lot of them aren't good and a lot of them won't, uh, some of them will smell great. And then you'll wait two weeks and the candle sets and, and you'll light it and you don't smell it at all. And it's kind of frustrating, but it's this really slow process of test and repeat over and over and over again. Um, so you start with the goal and, and if that smell is successful, then you kind of like, okay, well, what if I add a little bit of tobacco or what if I add a little bit of um, uh, mushroom or like there's, there's 
Well, the, the cool thing about using fragrance oils, I don't use essential oils. Um, I think they're completely viable, incredible, um, but they, because they're so natural and organic, they are usually a little bit more volatile. Mm -hmm. So they can sometimes burn all the way off um, within like the first or second light. And I was like, well, I do want these to last a really long time and I want them to be super, super accurate. And it, it's just the facts that good old chemistry has given us synthetic smells that are wildly accurate, whereas essential oils sometimes are interpreted differently by our noses. So um, yeah, so the different fragrance oils you kind of stack up and you test and repeat until until you, you get your goal. And when you don't get your goal, you kind of get mad at it and you, <laughs> you set it on, on the shelf. And I have a whole rack of Frankenstein experimental candles. <laughs> Every once in a while you go back and you visit it. And sometimes the scents kind of change over time once they settle out or once they kind of bond with the wax. And as you take another sniff, you're like, wait a minute, that kind of smells like so-and-so or that kind of smells like this location. And then you go back to the recipe and you go, okay, well, what if we take this out and add this in instead? And you try again. And so sometimes the mistakes lead to completely new smells. For example, uh, Library Scriptorium, I worked my butt off to make that one smell like an old book. And I'm happy with that one. But uh, Sanctuary actually happened because of a slight spill and two oils spilled together. And I was like, holy crap, that smells magical. And so, so sometimes it's just a mistake. So we've done our we've we've gone and just sniffed every single individual ones, but the only ones we've gotten to burn so far have been Stone Moss Chapel and A Walk in the Woods. Um, mm. And right now, Stone Moss Chapel is is our is our favorite. We'll see, we'll That's see if someone knocks down favorite. Is it? Yeah. That's my hands down favorite. Yeah. Um, one, I had one question. So first off, obviously, I'm still working my way through the scents. Um, but are you actively adding more? Is it like every you know when you have time, you're you're sitting there Frankensteining um, and trying yeah. to build new scents all the time? Yeah, it's um, I, I have a smell. I I can tell you about it. It's, go ahead, you get the exclusive. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's gonna be Scarborough Fair, um, Ooh. named after the Garfunkel, uh, Simon Garfunkel song, where it's uh, it smells like parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme, <laughs> and it's um gonna be kind of like ideal for an apothecary or a marketplace or things like that, and um I've had this smell for almost three months now. And it's not perfect for me. And I, I struggle with that because my friends and roommates are like, it's good. Like this smells like the things, but it's not. And everyone's nose are different. So to my nose, it's not ideal yet. And so that I need to, I need to go ahead and release that pretty soon. Um, I think it's good to go. Um, and I have an ocean scent that I'm working on and then like a really smoky kind of rogue uh, thieves guild kind of smell going on. Um, I'm actively trying to to add them in, but it gets a little difficult because um, with the success of the company and with just me kind of working in with the help of some friends sometimes to help pack it, it gets harder and harder to add new things because the old things are going off the shelves even faster. So I have to figure out a system of being able to um, continue the supply in the older smells all the while adding an entire new line of smells, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're you're balancing being uh, shipping and receiving as well as research and development. <laughs> yep, as well as marketing <laughs> and um, public outreach. <laughs> all of it. It's a lot. Yeah, no, that's that sounds like an entire juggling act that I would fail at. Those scents sound interesting, too. I did have a question. So you're obviously, um, when I look on your website, it's obviously geared to Dungeons and Dragons, which I think most people would say is the smart choice because it's the biggest tabletop role-playing game. 
Um, mm-hmm. Have you thought going forward, and obviously you it sounds like you have a lot you're working on now, um, branching into like other other genres than just the fantasy genre. Like just the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, these are, you know, Shadowrun sense or, you know, sure. vampire sense, like for Vampire the Masquerade and stuff like that. Or are yeah. you right now just super focused on Dungeons and Dragons, which I don't think is a bad thing? Um, I play Dungeons and Dragons myself and I and I like the good old fashioned like tabletop games that are more fantasy oriented. So that's what that that's why the fantasy genre appeals to me. Um I do wanna I, I would like to have maybe like a offshoot line still under the label of cantrip candles that is more maybe like the label colors chains and stuff and it's more oriented towards like a sci-fi thing um what i struggle with though is a lot of the fragrances that i'm familiar with or familiar with how to use um are usually on the more natural smelling spectrum like earthier so earthier plant-based not plant not like actually plant-based but they have plant but smells like flower smells and, and exactly vibe. and I think about like, okay, so I'm thinking of a spaceship, like, or, or like, um, after a battle when there's like that, like when you've, when you've run your blender for too long and it's like electricity smell. Mm -hmm. I was like, I would love to make a candle that smelled like that. That would be perfect for any sort of like sci-fi or uh, futuristic themed campaign or board game. Um, it gets pretty difficult. The, the closer the smells get to, um, more modern, the more they kind of smell like, Mm, like car parts and things like that 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 um kind of take me out of the fantasy of it even though it's not supposed to be in the fantasy genre but the the magic of it because it just kind of smells like i poured diesel into a candle um which that's so interesting so like because it's already something that's artificial yeah creating yet another artificial layer doesn't really give it the same effect as taking something natural and creating an artificial form of it yeah i i kind of am thinking like well We'll take some WD-40 and spray it on your table. But <laughs> someone could also say, we'll take some dirt and throw it on the table. So it's the same argument. I think it's just a, a little bit of a hang-up of me that I enjoy fantasy more. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's been in the back of my head. And I think with a little bit of discipline and better time management, that could be something that I could get into as well. I'm not going to lie. If So there's two scents that, uh, you know, like you said, everyone's nose is different. And for me, mm-hmm. my weirdness, there's two scents that I really like for some reason. Um, and one is sweat and not, oh. not someone's sweat, but like, you know, when you smell something and it doesn't smell like a person's sweat, but you just smell it and you go, Oh, that smells like sweat. But in like, like how cologne sometimes have like that as a, like, uh, like a musk almost or yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the way, um, uh, the undertones of diesel, if you, you know, diesel mm-hmm. cologne, like yeah. that kind of sweaty yeah, yeah, smell. Yeah. And I love the smell of gasoline. Uh, a lot of people do i don't, I don't know, why. know why it doesn't hit me in a super nice way like i i remember as a kid my dad filling up the car and i would just be like i hate this i hate the smell of this entire place um but i do I, it's it's got that kind of like sickly sweet smell that you you, you want to smell a little more yeah um yeah no i don't think there's anything weird about that the sweat thing's a little a little kinky, um, <laughs> but but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, if you want to create like a Shadowrun sci-fi candle, just sweat, motor oil, gasoline, sweat and motor oil, and call it I mean, call it engine room. We're done. I I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm looking to my right and on my like shelves of scents, I'm I can see the bottle for gasoline. So, <laughs> so we'll see. 
I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I'll have to burn it in a separate room, though, because my wife, that is not my wife's <laughs> type of... Well, that's the tricky thing with um, a lot of... Uh, um, I get a lot of, like, tweets. I love Twitter. I also hate Twitter, but I love Twitter. <laughs> I feel the same way. Um, um, I, it's very cool to be able to, like, just get feedback instantly, but when it's kind of annoying feedback, it's like, ah, I wish you didn't have my handle. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot of people request gross smells. And I, as politely as possible, I'm kind of like, I don't think you know what you're asking for. Because this is not, like, smells linger, smells exist, smells mm-hmm. trigger really visceral reactions. And so when people are like, and I strive to make them as accurate as possible. So people are like, I'd love a sewer smell. And I was like, no, listen, give me two weeks and I'll give you a sewer smell. That's not a problem at all. But the problem is going to be you're going to light it once. You're never going to want to light this candle again. I guarantee it. Like, unless you're truly into the smell of a sewer, which most humans aren't. And so I, I, I'm like, if, if my goal is to make accurate smells, it's okay that I, that I kind of stray from like um, uh, a sewer or a, um, a bloody dungeon. I was like, my dungeon's not going to smell. It's, it's going to smell uh, cold and musty, but it's not going to smell like there's guts on the floor because you'll sit, you'll get, that's more of a gag candle in my opinion. That's something you sniff really quickly. You laugh about it. You cover it up and you put it on a, in a closet and you never open it again. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Now you run games as well, right? You don't just play. I do. I actually prefer to run games. I'm kind of the annoying friend that's like, hey guys, game night tonight? And they're like, um, I'm busy. I was like, are you not my friend? Like, come on. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, I, I default to the role of dungeon master, but I have been getting more into playing and I'm really enjoying that as well lately. There's a, there's a definitely a freedom to it. Um, 100. Oh, that's it. Nail on the head right there. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, you get to sit there and you get to react and you get to just kind of enjoy the game. You don't have to think 10 seconds ahead every time. Oh yeah. It, it, I, I just got, I, I've been running, uh, every, every two weeks for the last year and I'm just now being a player and it's like, I don't have to care about anything, but this one guy, it's great. Exactly. Um, Now with the 5e open gaming license, have you given any thought to maybe writing up some of your stuff as an adventure path and having, um, you know, like the either full candles or tea lights that are sold together as in like, literally you can run this, you know, you can run this adventure and light this candle at this point, this candle at this point to set this tone. Um, and kind of creating like a package that kind of encapsulates the the two parts of your gaming hobby. I like that idea a lot. Um, I, I have thought of taking my campaigns and I think every dungeon master wants to do this, which is take your campaign and and sit down and make a really pretty PDF and have it all printed out to have like this hardbound. Here's my campaign. Someone else can play it. Someone else can share my world. Um, I haven't really thought of doing that specifically around the candles. I think because... I enjoy the idea of people having flexibility with the sense and not like if, if, if Blackhound Tavern smells more like a, an orc camp to you, then, then go ahead and use that for orc camp. But, um, but I like that idea a lot. I, I, I haven't thought of linking them together in that way. So or you, that goes into, that goes onto the to-do list gauge. Yeah. I'm glad I can help. Or even just if you did like one shot adventures for each candle. So it's like, if you buy this mm-hmm. candle, I'll, I'll slip in this, uh, you know, two pages of notes. I mean, obviously adding yet more work to your plate, <laughs> which is that's very the, cool. That's the thing, yeah. Uh, but it's just such a cool concept to me. Like the, 
it makes me want to go learn how to pour soy. I'm not going to. I'm going to buy them from you because <laughs> I have other stuff that I do. This interview just backfires and everyone ends up making their own candles and they go out of He business. said it was really <laughs> easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave you my warning. I said it's easy on the surface. If you want to continue doing it, that's where it gets a little difficult. um but yeah so it's like one of those things where like you know for me it was the i I went with the podcast way but i'm always obsessed with uh the immersion i you know i play with lighting i play with music so to me i just i love the idea of these candles like my my wife was like oh you should have see if he wants to make an etu candle and i'm like babe he's making dungeons and dragons candles etu is a setting inside of a completely different game system (laughs) i'm not familiar can you what um, uh, is ETU? are you familiar with savage worlds have you ever heard of it i've heard of it it's ringing a bell so savage worlds is a generic rule system uh like similar to like gurps where you can kind of play it in anything that we play and i personally am obsessed with that's the actual play that we're doing right now um the Agatha or who's um, Agatha? Yes, right. Is played in Savage Worlds. So the cool thing about Savage Worlds is it doesn't care about fluff. The rules only care about how it affects the rules, mm-hmm. uh, and the system is built to allow you to throw whatever you want on top of that. So you can use. Everyone knows what to roll, whether or not we're in space, uh, dealing with elves and dwarves, or ET- oh. ETU. So ETU is my personal favorite Savage World setting that we played for over a year. Um, I, I, was, I was blessed to have one of the creators of it on the show. I, I love it. It's East Texas oh, cool, University. Cool. Oh, that was not at all what I yeah. So East Texas University, it is Buffy in college. You are in a paranormal, you are in a, a small what? town in East Texas, and you are like on a hellmouth, basically like the Buffy hellmouth. Oh, oh yeah, this is what everyone says. Everyone says when I tell them, like, oh, this is the... You said Buffy in college, and I went, done, done. Oh, and it's got like fun Texas, it's got fun Texasisms, but the town and the college are separated. So if you don't want to play into the locals, you can kind of separate it and just kind of keep it more centered on the the, the college and frat parties and stuff like that. They went to a frat party because they had to get a cup oh to God. close a demon portal. Like, it's just, it's nonsense and so much this fun. Is, this is amazing. Oh, this is, yeah. I'm so glad you told me about this. <laughs> oh, that's pretty much what everyone says, because it's, it's so, so good. So they did, and they do, um, they do this really interesting thing with Savage Worlds that are called plot point campaigns. So okay. basically it takes you, what would be like the D&D level one to 20 is uh, done over four ranks, which normally would be like novice, seasoned veteran heroic whatever but in etu it's freshman through senior year and you get three main plot points for each year that are this big overarching story that you as the game master don't have to worry about but Mm -hmm. there's three per year but there's generally about six sessions per game year so you so it gives you this framework so you can kind of bring it all together and the flexibility and the security to kind of go off on those other sessions to do the wild and weird stuff and never have to worry about it and this is their whole, this is their campaign books are all plot point campaigns. And I just, I think this it's genius. Amazing. Yeah, no, Savage Worlds uh, is awesome. <laughs> I have my, I have my D&D campaign that's going strong. We've been playing for almost two years and I love them, but I have tons of other people that are like, I really want to learn what like tabletop games are. I don't know why I did that mocking voice for them. They're perfectly <laughs> nice people. My goodness, Krista. Um, but I think that would be a great way to introduce people. Because people are tentative about like, I don't want to play with, again, the voice. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> people are like, I don't want to play with elves or orcs or things like that. So ETU sounds right. Perfect. Well, because it's like, so we had, when we started off, it was myself, my wife, uh, uh, my best friend and my best friend's wife was the, the core group that started it off. 
And, you know, my friend and I are really immersed in fantasy. And my wife's very familiar with Tolkien, but not really modern fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And my friend's wife, not really at all. So for them, they just went into it. And, and my wife was like, oh, I'm going to be the sassiest rich girl. <laughs> my dad is the governor Cordelia. of Georgia. Yeah, definitely. It was c- complete Cordelia. And it was the funniest thing in the world. And it's like, it, there's a thing called Benny's. They're kind of like inspiration. They give you re-rolls. Um, but there's no limit on them and you can get them for role playing. And I would just sit here and they would just be sassy. We did not do anything. They just all sassed Mm. back and forth. And I'm just sitting here going, Benny to you, Benny to you, Benny to you. I'm into it. Oh, it's awesome. Um, so she was like, you should see if he'll make a candle for ETU. And I was like, I don't think he knows what ETU is. Well, I'm glad you told me because now I'm going to look it up and I'm sure I can get some like bronze club vibes going on. (laughs) Oh, Absolutely. Um, so I have kept you for a very long time with your air conditioner off. <laughs> oh. uh, so let me just wrap up with one question that I like to ask all my guests. Um, so you took this idea and you kind of turned it into your own business. And it's just such a cool concept. And you're obviously you know, working your butt off to make it work. But if you had one piece of advice for people who look at what you're doing and go like, oh my gosh, I want to either capitalize on exactly what you're doing or just something similar or just that taking this hobby and turning it into something more real and material, what would that one piece of advice be? Ooh. um, I would say you need to stress. I would say, uh, can I make it 1.5 piece of advice? I'll allow it. Thank you. Um, I would say it's very important that you um, stress the 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 need for time management and uh, I want to say self control, but it's more of like a, a willpower. Um, when you're when you have your own company and and you're in control of yourself, it's very easy to to say I don't want to do it today, or I'll do that later, or it's fine, it's my own company. And I think that is what holds people back. I have a couple friends. I mean, LA is a city full of entre- entrepreneurs, whether or not they're creating a product or they're actors or the musicians. And so we're all kind of our own bosses. And it's very easy to to kind of to to take it a little too easy on ourselves because we're like, look what I've done. I've made a whole I've made a whole business. I'm good. And it's like, well, you have to keep pushing yourself so that business continues to grow and expand. Um, so that would be my 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 biggest piece of advice and then the, the point 0.5 or the half other piece of advice is to um to really you have to kind of go for it i remember before i started cantrip candles i had been working as both a waiter and uh, um, working at a retail store and doing like the standard and then auditioning on the side as an actor and i was like okay well i don't have any control over my retail schedule or my service schedule and you want a little bit more control. So I, I literally quit those at the start of 2017 and, um, and, and said, I'm going to start uh, this company. And so that kind of sucked for a while. It was a lot of like eating a can of beans and not having any money just because it takes a while for things to start up. But I, I think it's really important that if you want to create something on your own or have it be your own, you have to trust the process and you have to really go all into that. It's not going to work out as well if you're kind of half one foot in, one foot out. I think that that is excellent advice. I'm glad I let you have your 0.5. That was more like two, to be honest. <laughs> I wasn't going to call you on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Christoph. This has been such a pleasure. Hey, it's been my pleasure to, ha- to talk to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaming with Gage. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you want to look into Cantrip Candles, they're cantropcandles.com. It's so cool. 
very well priced and very, very quick shipping. Um, I'm a big fan. I recommend starting off with the sample pack the way that I did and then purchasing the candles that really speak to you and the game that you're playing. You can always reach out to the show via our website, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Discord. I'm always on the Discord. I'm usually on Twitter. It's very easy to reach out to us. If you have any questions about upcoming guests or topics, or if you have any ideas for the Who's Agatha actual play, these are the best places to reach out and talk to us. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next week.